everyone, and welcome back to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Justin. I'm here with my other host, Tyler. How are you doing tonight, Tyler? I, I'm full of rage, but I'm so glad to be here. That can happen from time to time, without a doubt. <clears throat> yeah, I live in a state of perpetual rage most of the time. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but I am really excited about this week's episode. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting album. You know, it's a band... I've been familiar with for years, but I'm going to be completely honest. I, although I've listened to most of their studio albums, it's not a very frequent one for me. This is, <laughs> this is one of the bands that I'm very familiar with the radio play songs, and that's kind of what I stick to with these guys. You know, after we review this album, you'll kind of see why that is with me. Yeah, th- well, this album is what uh, very. Uh it's very evident why the radio play songs get radio play. You know, it's funny. You stole that from me because I have that written down. We'll definitely uh, get into that. But, of course, tonight we're going to review the Guess Who and their uh, album Share the Land. And the Guess Who, I mean, the name of the band is like an Abbott and Costello routine. It's kind of interesting. But let me get into a little history of the band. So, you know, officially... The Guess Who Band was formed in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada in 1965, but with the roots of the band go back to 1962, they were originally called Chad and the Reflections, and then they changed their name to Chad and the Expressions because there was another group called the Reflections, and and that was their first two albums with a little bit different uh, lineup, but uh, the original lineup was uh, Randy Bachman on guitar, uh, Jim Cale on bass, Chad Allen on vocals. That's where you get uh, Chad ah, Allen Chad. on reflections, okay. you know. <laughs> uh, Gary Peterson on drums and Bob Ashley on keyboards. Bob Ashley, he left in uh, 1965 and was replaced by Burton Cummings, who <laughs> basically sings all the songs on this album. Chad Allen left a few months later, leaving Burton Cummings as the lead singer. So, and so then they couldn't be Chad and because there was no more Chad. No, there couldn't be Chad. Yeah. They'd have to be called Burton and Burton and the Expressions, and it just doesn't have the same ring. No, it doesn't, especially when you got somebody that's got a last name for a first name. So it's kind of interesting because originally when they were still the Expressions and the Reflections, one of the two, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, uh, all the disc jockeys up there in Canada would you know, refer to them and refer to their first singles as this is by the Guess Who. You know, it, it kind of as a <laughs> tactic, real? yeah. It huh. was more of a publicity stunt to generate speculation. that it, They wanted people to think it was a more famous British invasion band, kind of, yeah. because of the time, you know. And okay. It, and that was kind of why they referred to it that way, but it just pretty much stuck. And so when you get into the actual Guess Who, when, they, when their name actually officially became the Guess Who, you had Burton Cummings' as vocals, Jim Cale on bass, Randy Bachman on lead guitar. Of course, Randy Bachman left the group in May of 1970 to start a pretty famous group, Bachman Turner Overdrive. And kind of the reason he left is mainly because he was Mormon and he had conflicts with the band. You know, there well, that'll happen with drug culture and <laughs> yeah. hippies. Yeah, sex, drugs, yeah. and rock and roll doesn't seem to fit with the Mormon lifestyle, right? Yeah. And, of course, Randy Bachman, I mean, he had multiple re- reunions with the guests who over the years like in 83 and 99 and even later and so i mean there were reunions and he got back with the band but you know it's really hard for me and i i think even for you know experts so-called to put this group in a you know to categorize them because mm-hmm. they're kind of psychedelic rock they do a lot of blues rock garage rock mm-hmm. some even consider some of their songs hard rock and some of them are country yeah they they, they run the gambit <laughs> and we'll and we'll obviously talk about that tonight because most of that's all in this album yeah, alone th- this album's a roller coaster <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting yeah so the group had 11 studio albums um, they all reached the charts in the U.S. and Canada. Of course, that, they actually had 15 albums, four of them with the previous band names, but 11 studio albums. They released 10 live albums and 20 compilation albums over the time. Mm-hmm. It's funny that they have more compilation albums than albums, but that seems to be kind of the going theme with a lot of the groups from the, the era, you know? I, you know, I, I can see people making compilations of these guys because, um, you know, if you got a certain 
style that uh, of, of a select amount of songs on an album, then you're going to have to cut some other ones out. But shoot, you can go to the other albums and cut other ones in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So their top album, actually, in both Canada and the U.S. was American Woman. It reached number one in Canada, uh, number mm-hmm. nine in the U.S., Overall, they had five number one singles in Canada and two number one singles in the U.S., which isn't mm. bad for a Canadian band, you know? Yeah, gets, these guys did pretty good. Yeah, I mean, their first big U.S. hit was These Eyes. Um, it reached number six here in the U.S., number seven in Canada, and mm. a song called Laughing reached number 10 here and number one in Canada. Hmm. Their first number one hit in the U.S. was American Woman, the song American Woman yeah. off the album American Woman, followed up by No Sugar Tonight. It mm-hmm. was also a number one hit in the U.S. as well. That was yeah. their two number one hits. Neither of those on this album, and I really feel like there's a couple songs on this album that are actually better than both those songs. But oh, that's, for sure. It Much does. better than that. Well, so the band, you know, going through the band, they officially broke up in 1975, although Jim Cale, funny enough, he owns the band name, the Guess Who. He's the bassist, right? I guess nobody else wanted it. (laughs) I I don't know. They probably didn't at the time, but he's the bassist and the drummer, Gary Peterson. They've toured under the Guess Who name since 1977, you know, often involving other band members Mm -hmm. and reunions, and there's been all kinds of different lineups between them but the only Mm -hmm. remaining member actually now is gary peterson so they still tour but the only remaining member is the original drummer kind of interesting i i would actually like to go see the guess who you know it's really not the guess who anymore so to me the guess who is burton cummings i mean Mm -hmm. he's the sound he's the voice behind most of it and yeah he he sang uh everything on this album he he? did Yeah. yeah so let's get to the album uh, the Guess Who Share the Land. It was released in October 1970, October 5th to be exact. Okay. Uh, it's their seventh studio album. Um, and it's actually the first album the group released after Randy Bachman left the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and they signed uh, new guitarist Kurt Winter and Greg Leskew, who uh, both, uh, you know, lent quite a bit of songwriting capabilities to the band. So they released this on RCA Records, and it was produced by Jack Richardson. He famously produced a a lot of famous bands, you know, Bob Mm -hmm. Seger, Alice Cooper, Poco, Badfinger, many, many others. Oh. Um, So as far as the album's concerned, it reached number 14 on the U.S. charts and number 7 on the Canadian charts. It's only sold about 500,000 copies worldwide. Now... Compared to the other bands we've reviewed, you know, when you're talking Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, The Doors, Pink Floyd, that's not a lot of albums. You're right. That's what I was thinking is to get that high on the charts and and not break a million. But it is a lot of albums. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, half a million copies. And I think we've talked about it before. (laughs) I, I think the guests who are one of those bands that did kind of get left behind. Mm-hmm. They've got four or five, maybe six real common radio play songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most people know them. Yeah. But a lot of people wouldn't know who they were. True. You um, know, maybe they should have had some sugar tonight in their coffee. Should have had something, right? Yeah. So there was three hit singles off this. Obviously the title track, share the land, mm-hmm. hand me down world and hang on to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of an interesting cover. It's got an old chief of the American Cherokee Indians, kind of in an old wood log cabin looking thing with a bunch mm-hmm. of tools and things around. I I kind of have a special place in my heart for this album because my dad had it. Uh-huh. And I remember looking, he'd, he'd sit down and play, basically share the land and hand me mm-hmm. down world, you know, yeah. two of the best songs on the album. Is, is your dad a hippie? I think he was a little bit. Okay. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just remember this album cover Mm -hmm. specifically from my childhood. Remember it really well. Uh, It's it's a very what enigmatic or uh, very iconic album cover. It is. It's it's kind of cool looking, you know. And I don't maybe image. I don't know if he'd even get away with it now putting an American Indian. Yeah, because isn't that appropriating culture? Is it appropriating culture when you're? what, uh, showcasing or highlighting the culture? You know, I I don't feel it is, but 
things are yeah, very strange we're, nowadays. We're not social justice warriors either. No, we're yeah. not. And so pretty we'll much need to go find someone and ask them. So let's get into the album. Side one on the vinyl uh, opens up with Bus Rider. A song that I thoroughly enjoyed. Did you? <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this song. <laughs> so this song has a piano intro to mm-hmm. it. Um, if you're familiar with Radio Play Guess Who songs, you wouldn't even guess this was the Guess Who. No. It, it's completely <laughs> out of left field. Yeah, it's, it's very different than than other songs that you've heard by the Guess Who. You know, the funny, kind of going off on a little tangent here, I bought years back, I bought the, the Guess Who box set that included all their studio albums. Mm-hmm. And I've tried and tried to listen to them, but I generally am the person that doesn't like the hits as well, but I can't get past <laughs> the hits from these guys. They've got yeah. some good gems <laughs> on some of their albums, but there's also a lot of throwaway junk, in my opinion. Yeah. Th- so. This is not an album I'm going to purchase. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, I, that being said, I'll play it on uh, the free version of Spotify. <laughs> okay, there you go. So this was written by Kurt Winter, uh, newly acquired by the band for this album. It was sang by Burton Cummings. Uh, Kurt Winter sang co-lead on it. Um, this was actually the B-side to the Share the Land single. Okay. The song is basically describing a working class mm-hmm. person, you know, and his commute yep. mm-hmm. to work on a city bus. You know, it reached number 10 as a B-side in Canada. Mm-hmm. It didn't do anything in the U.S. Um, and I'll be honest with you, this song doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> That's fair. I, I know you enjoy it, the, but... This song was missing something. Uh, it, there, There is something missing. This song needs a uh, drunk homeless guy that's schizophrenic in the back seat of the bus, peeing on the seat, and then, uh, and then you the, this song could, will be my. You favorite. think that completes the song? Huh? Well, that would have, but it, it's missing that part of the um, public transportation commute. Well, you know, it has a piano intro, which wasn't real fancy or anything. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, let's see the the instrumentals on it. Are very competent. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's yeah. got some very, very nice, good guitar riffs on mm-hmm. it. And there's a part right in the middle that's a piano and a guitar solo. And I thought it mixed in nicely. Well, I, I think not only it... And I don't think it mixes in nicely. Okay. I think it stands out from the song. I think the solo mm-hmm. in the middle from the piano and guitar kind of... is distracting. Dueling. No, I don't think it's distracting. I think it's too good for the song. Okay. Okay. I, I think it, I I can see that. I think that's the good piece of the song. See, it, and if if they would have had a little bit more of like, it's a, there was a line on there. There was a line about a toupee because I have yeah. no hair. Grab yourself a toupee yeah. because you're losing your hair. Yeah, that hit below the belt for me. But even so, <laughs> um, it needed a little bit more of that <laughs> in the. Well, yeah, because I mean song. it. It starts up. Starts mm-hmm. off, get up in the morning and get on the bus. You know, I mean, yeah. it, you it, have to get up early because, hey, you know, public transportation takes longer to commute than private transportation. Yeah, but it, to me, the lyrics seem like they're written by a teenager. <laughs> yeah, which is why I like this. Song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a 14 year old boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not big into this song, but I will say the guitar riffs. Mm-hmm. And the middle section with the guitar and piano is is very competent and very good. I, I think you're right. The this song, um, the the instrumentals are too good for the writing of this song. That they, they and so we need to get on to the next one because this one's just not. Yeah, let's worth do the it. time. So song two on side one is "Do You Miss Me, Darling." Or I shouldn't say Darlene, Darlin. Darlin. Yeah. Yep. We got to drop that G. We got to drop the G because this sounds like a country song. And he is pining for her. I agree. You know, it's got a very, very country sounding intro, which if mm-hmm. you know me, that I'm not a huge country fan. So that turns so, yeah, there, me off there's to this a, song There's right a couple away. of songs on here that I'm sure just pissed you off. <laughs> well, you know, more the intro than anything. Uh-huh. And, and when they got... Except the vocals, because, you know, I want think one thing to be clear on yeah. even the songs I dislike. Mm-hmm. Burton Cummings' vocals are amazing. He's got a good voice. Yeah, he's got an amazing yeah. voice. He has a way of almost mm-hmm. screaming, but it's sounding controlled yeah. and and clean. Well, and I, he, he's the guy that, that sings 
uh, American woman, right? Yes. So pe- people know his voice. Yeah. And that that's exactly what he is. Is you know he's he really sings it out um, and never loses control. Yeah, he's very controlled with it. Yeah. This song after the intro and into it a little bit reminds me of a Rolling Stones song. Sure does. Yeah. It sounds like the Stones, with the exception of the vocals. Yeah. The vocals didn't remind me of the Stones at all. No. So this song was written by Burton Cummins and Kurt Winter, and it's sang by Burton Cummings. It's about losing a love. Yeah. You know, and it's got kind of an interesting instrument that you and I had to kind of do a little research into, a, a yeah. glockenspiel. Ye old glockenspiel. Yeah, it was played by yeah. the drummer, Gary Peterson. Uh-huh. And... Do you, yeah, to our listener out there that may have no idea what a glockenspiel is, as I had no idea what a glockenspiel is. Nor did I. It's a, a lot like a metal xylophone. That you play with a mallet. Yeah. Now, I will say, you know, to me, the music in this was very washed out, and the mm-hmm. music was very weak. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it was showcasing the lyrics, not the... Yeah, and they probably the did band. better better mm-hmm. at that than the the music yeah. because the music was just very weak. Mm-hmm. In fact, I thought the strongest part of this song mm-hmm. was the outro with the glockenspiel. Funny enough, I don't know of any other rock and roll songs with a glockenspiel, and I'm sure there are some. And you know the the glockenspiel. I'll tell you what it sounds like is it sounds um, like wind chimes or like um, like a chime. You know, uh, not necessarily a cymbal. But it's a metal bar getting dinged. Right? Yeah, I'm sure you. Can, I'm sure with any synthesizer or keyboard, you can probably duplicate the sound easily yeah, now. But for sure. But like that would be the the difference between a xylophone and a glockenspiel. I think is there's more of a ring, like a tone that you now, get. Now, are xylophones? Do they have? They uh, have wooden. Okay, uh, and these are metal. Yeah, these, these are, are metal. aluminum yeah. or steel. So, so like a. Where there's more of a hollow sound with a xylophone, you get more of a ringing sound. Yeah. And Almost like a bell. It's funny. Yeah. As much as I didn't know what a glockenspiel was, mm-hmm. and I once I heard that, I thought, well, this is going to be really stupid. I did not like this song, mm-hmm. but I did like the outro with the glockenspiel. I thought it was kind of... It, it's a fun instrument. Kind of cool sounding the way they did it. Yeah. And, that, you know, I think it added to the song. It definitely did, but yeah. for me, this song wasn't very strong. The music was no. very weak on it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, what good is it if I can't bring it out to you right now? Exactly. That's the whole message of the song. and uh, So that's kind of what it, it you makes think me... think he's talking about his glockenspiel? I, probably, if that's a euphemism for uh, something else. I, I, I don't know. He, he misses this girl, and he wants to... To share this, but he doesn't have anybody to share it with anymore. And being in love is fun, and you know it's exciting. But um, you know he's he's missing out on that. Being in love with the idea of being in love is more exciting than actually being in love with a human. That's probably the case most of the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's move on to the next one. A, a yeah. pretty well-known song, um, "Hand Me Down World." Yeah. Um, I've been listening to this song since I was little. Mm-hmm. And mostly forced by my father, but I don't need to be forced anymore because I love this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was written by Kurt Winter, again, sang by Burton Cummings. Uh, this reached number 17 in the U.S., number 10 in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, you know, this song is, you know, about the world, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they don't want the broken world with broken political systems and broken religious systems and whatever's mm-hmm. wrong with the world. Because you're yeah. thinking, you know, late 60s, early 70s, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want this world handed down to them by the people yeah. that have created it. And that, that's really what it's about. Yeah, Richard Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. It's got an excellent intro to it. Mm-hmm. I, I really love the intro. It, all throughout, it's got a good mix of electric yeah. and acoustic guitar. It's well written. Yeah. It, it is. And, and the lyrics are great on mm-hmm. it, too. You know, don't... The, you, the, the lyrics are very direct. Um, it, it's not a whole... It's not a whole bunch of... Um, well, it, it's it's got some symbolism in there. Well, the, yeah, the symbolism yeah. as far as don't give me your hand-me-down yeah, shoes. Shoes, which is just gross, right? To wear yeah. somebody else's shoes. That's how you spread, uh, you know, foot fungus. But um, then, then don't, ha- don't hand me no hand-me-down love. Yeah, and then don't hand-me-down yeah. world, right? Yeah, so you don't want somebody else's sloppy seconds, right? 
And then you don't, you know, just like you don't want to wear somebody else's shoes or date somebody else's girl. You want to date your own girl. You don't, you don't want somebody else's messed up world. You want your own world. Well, and I really love this song. And I think it's the first example of a couple on this album. The, mm-hmm. the reason these are still being played on the radio and they were so popular because it's got good imagery in the lyrics, you know, mm-hmm. the skies weeping tears for the ocean. Yeah. Um, you know, the vocals, Burton singing in this is right on point. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the breakdown at the end. Um, yeah. And he's got really, really strained vocals, but mm-hmm. it's under control. I don't know how to explain it, but he has a way of really straining, but mm-hmm. not sounding yeah. strained. That seems to be the case with him on a lot of songs. He's, he's just mm-hmm. very strong vocally. Yeah. In fact, I think 99% of the time, his vocals are what makes the song. For sure. Something that surprised me about this song that I never noticed before, and I've heard this song, you know, several times, but this, during this listening and listening to like the, the music and the instruments, this is the, a song for the drummer. The, this song really, the, the, it's the drums drive this song. You don't, you don't have like the, the guitar licks and the, the riffing that you normally would have. In a, in a rock song, very strong drum lines in this song. Well, and even the even the guitar you do have, it's very it's there, but it's not it's it, pulsating. It's, not it's strong, yeah. but it's yeah. This is the first song when I was talking about "Do You Miss Me, Darling." Mm-hmm. Um, it's very weak musically, and the drums are washed out, and and they're ve- they're very much forefront on this and mm-hmm. strong, and I so I get what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that really adds a lot to it, definitely. Yeah, and, and and when you think about like the kind of song that this is, an anti-establishment, a rebellion type song, drums are of uh, the uh, the instrument of an army. I mean, that's what they they used like for marching, and drums incite you. To act, yeah, and to march. they they definitely keep the beat on this one, and it, mm-hmm. it's an excellent song, one of my favorites on the album, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Sure, and and there's a reason it's still being played to this day, and I can't say enough. Yeah, because it's the same dang hand me down world. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, we keep handing it down. Yeah, so very good song. I, yeah. you know, stands out. I don't think I've ever heard the Tesla version of this. Yeah, and I have that written down that Tesla. Um, Covered this song. There's been a number of bands that have covered it. Tesla probably mm-hmm. being, you know, kind of your 80s hair metal band. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it, but it's been some years. And I actually kind of like Tesla because they're not so, um, would, the, would the word be haired out like some of the other mm-hmm. bands? Sure. They okay. definitely had a lot more acoustic vibe to them yeah. and things. And, you know, they did um, Signs. They did the... Mm-hmm. You know, the cover of Signs, and they did a yeah. really good job on that. So mm-hmm. we ought to maybe at some point listen to that. I look forward See to how it. it sounds. So we move on to song four, Moan for You, Joe. Moan for You, Joe, the jazz. So one. this was written by <laughs> newly acquired Greg Leskew and Burton Cummings, mm-hmm. and obviously sang by Burton Cummings again. The song is written about a drunk gambler you know nobody wants mm-hmm. around any longer right yeah because he brings him down his mm-hmm. friend doesn't want him around any longer because his bad habits his attitude all his what? bullshit bring him down bullshit's a good word for it because he the one of the last lines in the song i wrote down it says mock educated mock well read he's one of these guys that knows enough about enough things to convince you that they're smart Without actually being smart. And then, so when you, like, need them, need some knowledge, need some wisdom, they're pulling from an empty well. Well, you heard me say, Do You Miss Me, Darling, was not a good song at all, as Mm -hmm. far as my opinion is concerned. Yeah. Um, But, in my opinion... It's better than this song. (laughs) Uh, This song has a keyboard intro that's not great at all. It sounds like some kind of crazy lounge music from (laughs) a hotel in a slum. Uh The only thing I can say good about this song are the vocals. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what he's saying. It doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. it is. The music, to me, is poor in this. This does not 
mm-hmm. epitomize a rock and roll band at or, all. This is a jazz song. This is not rock and roll. And it's not even good jazz. No. It, it, this is one step away from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood jazz. Yeah, it's yeah. just poor, loungy jazz cover mm-hmm. band work. And I don't like the lyrics. I don't like any of the music in this. Without yeah. a doubt... Well, and, and the jazz beat on the drum, it's just so like your typical jazz yeah. sort of stuff, you know? The only thing I can say is I like hearing Burton Cummings sing, <laughs> but I didn't really like hearing him sing to this, but that's the only good thing I can yeah. say about this. About a drunk gambler that nobody wants around. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird song. I didn't like anything about this song. Mm-hmm. So we move on to the last song on side one mm-hmm. of the album. Uh, the title track, Share the Land. Yeah. Uh, written by Burton Cummings and sang by Burton Cummings. This song, as a, as a single, reached number 10 in the U.S., number two in, the Canada, in Canada, mm-hmm. which I think is actually kind of low because I think this is an excellent song. It really is. And, you know, for a song that is obviously wearing a headband... Uh, I mean, Burton Cummings, total hippie. There's no well, way around yeah, that. Yeah, you looked at me during the, during the, the listening of this song, of and, and you basically just said hippie. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny because I'm thinking the same thing. You know, yeah. this this is like epitomizes mm-hmm. when everyone was still somewhat, had somewhat of that naivety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, late like, 60s. yeah, man, we could all live together and, like, get our hippie commune and, you know, just do your share, brother. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> because, you know, first of all, if we get into music of this, it has an excellent intro with that fuzz guitar. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I love the intro to this song. Um, the piano is really done well in this song, and it's mm-hmm. it's got like a dueling guitar solo in the middle that is excellent. I, I wrote in, the guitar cuts in like a knife. It I mean, it is it shines. It comes out to center stage sliding on its knees. That's an interesting way to put it. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. But, yeah, th- this is a pure hippie song with mm-hmm. the naivety of, you know, we're looking, the song, looking forward to a future where land is given away for free to everyone and mm-hmm. everyone lives together happily. Because yeah. we know that can happen, right? That's right. And this is a very repetitive song. It's all about a hippie commune paradise. and Yeah, yeah I mean, you look you at the lyrics. the same things over and over again. Well, yeah, you look at the lyrics. I'll be there mm-hmm. to shake your hand. I'll be there to share the land. That they'll be given away. Yeah. When we all right. live together. And man. I don't know what made them think they're going to be giving the land away. Yeah. Because, I mean, if they're giving it away, well, who's it? where's the land coming from? Because, I mean, it's not like they make more land. They have to take it from someone. So then you have a parcel of land, but then you're sharing it, right? Because we're sharing the land. But so what's the point of owning it if we're just sharing everything? Yeah, I, I don't think it's supposed to have meaning in it. Or I, I obviously not. Not truthful meaning. No. I think it's just hopeful meaning, right? Yeah. I'm it's it's an idyllic uh future to look forward to where hey everybody can just get along and we kind of live together in peace. Yeah, but but bottom line is I've listened to this song for years and years and years and it it was a long time before I knew that the song was about giving away land for free. Mm-hmm. I took it more as not a literal sense of let's just share everything and live in peace, you know, that yeah. that's kind of how I always took it. And you know, in that context, makes sense. Because yeah. if you think too much about giving land away for free and then having ownership and then being expected to share that land that you own. You just don't need to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So the, so the lyrics are kind of confusing, but, but But what's not confusing is the backup singers. The backup singers have the simplest job here. It's shake your hand, share the land over and over again. Yeah, but it, but it fits well. It does. I, yeah, 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 I'm not saying it doesn't. To me, musically, yeah. this song is well mm-hmm. well done, well put together. The guitar's strong in it, you know, which mm-hmm. I, I lean towards, obviously, heavy guitar-driven bands. Yeah. Not even heavy guitar-driven mm-hmm. bands, but just guitar-driven bands, right? And, and this song is very guitar-driven. I love it. It is, and once again, Burton Cummings' vocals, mm-hmm. straight on point. Yeah. Excellent song. Uh you know, I'm surprised it didn't, you know, do better than number 10 in the U.S., to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But yeah, number two in Canada, that's pretty good. 
This is still really a good. song that's uh, played quite frequently on the radio. You'll hear this oh. on Sirius XM or any of the classic rock stations quite often. For sure. And this, like I said, this is a hippie anthem. This is something that uh, anybody that's got that, you know, love everybody mentality is going to love this song. Yeah. It's, it's right up their alley. It's an excellent song. It's a good way to, you know, close out side one of the vinyl. Yep. So let's kick over to side two. And it starts out with Hang On To Your Life. This band, it's got some diversity. <laughs> this, Yeah, this album is very diverse. Now, mm-hmm. this song, uh, written by Burton Cummings and Kurt Winter, sang by Burt Cummings. It's kind of an anti-drug song. Yeah, don't do drugs. Now, they did release this one. This was their third single after Share the Land, Hand Me Down World. This only reached number 43 in the U.S. It did reach number five in Canada in their homeland, so it did fairly well there. I wonder what the difference is between the um, the United States, Yankees, and the Canadians. I don't know, but some music just hits one place and not the other you know i mean yeah. there's american artists that do really well here but can't do well there and mm-hmm. it's the same thing when you talk about britain you know i mean yeah it's the same type of thing and then some just smash everywhere mm-hmm. right it's just kind of interesting it makes you wonder if it's sometimes more about the way things are promoted yeah. you know because good music's good music right and True. bad music's bad music so i you know, sometimes it makes you wonder, did it have more to do with the way some of the disc jockeys and radio stations mm-hmm. took it on and actually played it? I, I really enjoyed this song. This song is rock and roll. Yeah, this is a good song. Yeah. It's got an excellent intro. Once again, the vocals are good. He does some dreaming in this. Yeah. And it's under control again. This is a perfect mm-hmm. example of Burton Cummings' vocals being under control. Well, the, the whole message of this song really needs to be screamed. And it needs to be screamed in a way that you can understand what's being screamed at you. It's It really adds emphasis of the message. And that message is... Don't do drugs. Don't throw away your life for nothing. Yeah, now let's let's find that kind of funny that Randy Bachman had just barely left the band mm-hmm. because he was Mormon and didn't want to deal with the drugs and partying yeah. and rock and roll lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yet here's an anti-drug song. Yeah. So did they write this in, you know, were they trying to be <laughs> facetious or what, what was going on here? Good question. I, I, I don't know enough about the band to know if they were <laughs> druggies or not, but... Uh, There's some great writing in this, um, you know, uh, lines like, you can sell your soul, just don't sell it cheap. Yeah, or like, betraying a friend, delaying yeah. the end. It's got good yeah. lyrics. You can ride the wind, just don't ride it too high. Now, I'll tell you, so, aside from the screaming vocals and the really good vocals throughout, it's got a very good beat throughout with good guitar work. Excellent guitar solo in the middle. The only thing I don't like about this song is I'm not real big fan of the chorus. And anybody, to me... The what what cor- do you think about the outro, the poetry reading? Well, we'll get to that in a okay. second because <laughs> i got something to say about that. Yeah. But, but the chorus, to me... And you need to give it a listen again, and anybody mm-hmm. listening needs to give it a listen. The chorus to me sounds like Journey, the band Journey. And I don't know why, yeah. but it, it struck me as Journey. And, mm-hmm. I, and I don't mind Journey, right? But mm-hmm. the chorus didn't seem to fit the song to me. You know, so that that's probably the part I didn't like, but I, I enjoyed the lyrics. I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. the vocals. I enjoyed the musicianship of it. And then the speaking at the end, like you were talking yeah. about, that's kind of interesting. It sounds like somebody reading scripture to you. Kind of, but you yeah. know, it's kind of talking about a drug addict, you know, basically yeah. losing his mind, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, trying what, to what, find his mind. Yeah, what he's two. saying is, uh, it, it, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I think the song could have done without that. Yeah. It wouldn't have hurt it any. No. And you, it, it you makes me wonder that if that was even in the single, because I bet it wasn't. Do you th- I wonder if maybe they, they had some sort of druggie that just wandered in off the street. They forgot to on hit stop on the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I gotta read this to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been. Yeah. It, to me, you know, the chorus is kind of weak and even though it to mm-hmm. me it sounded like Journey, I yeah. think the chorus could have been a little heavier and more rock and roll like the mm-hmm. rest of the song because it had good yeah. instrumentation throughout. Mm-hmm. So changing the chorus a little bit, but I mean, you can't change these songs now, but that's just my nitpicky idea of it, you know, and then the speaking at mm-hmm. the end could have been cut out. Yeah. 
but but it didn't really hurt the song either because it wasn't part of the song, right? It was yeah, kind of still ta- a great single. Tailed off the end. Yeah, it was yeah. A, a good song. I, I would say this mm-hmm. is, you know, most likely probably my fourth best song on the album. It probably falls right in the middle. Yeah, of of them. So. Yeah, and it's still on the the top end of good songs on the yeah, on I, the album as opposed to the next one. <laughs> okay, so yeah, coming down off the money bag. Yeah, this roller coaster just hit a hard left. <laughs> yeah, so coming down off the money bag, song of the dog. This was written by Greg Lesku, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure who sings this because it doesn't sound like Burton Cummings, and I couldn't find. <laughs> I don't know. Who sang this? And if it is, then this is a very poor performance from him. Uh-huh. Um, it, he might be trying his hardest at this song. I, uh, yeah. So this is a song. It has a hillbilly intro mm-hmm. with like a banjo or something or yeah. a guitar meant to sound like a banjo. And yeah, a, this is a, a country song. Yeah. Or a jug band song is more. There's where you're going because they play the bass in the in the manner of a jug. Yeah. And anybody that's ever watched Andy Griffith's show, the Darlins on there play the jug band. This is what this reminds me of is the Mm -hmm. Darlins jug band. Yeah, with the harmonica playing along. You got the jug, you got the harmonica, and you got the banjos. Uh And then all of a sudden it changes up to blues. Well, this <laughs> this is a tale of three parts in this song. Yeah, it is. And I really like the second part. Okay. Because it went heavy into a heavy guitar. It did. It went heavy into blues. And, yeah, it was blues lyrics, mm-hmm. blues sounding, and it, yeah. it, it was really good. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I wrote down about the second part was very bluesy in the second part. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that until it kicked back to the third part. That <laughs> went right back to where yeah, it came from. <laughs> it had a little acoustic in it that was uh-huh. okay sounding, but then it went back it just kind of jug band. Jug band style. again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know I don't know where this comes from. The singing <laughs> was weak in it. To me, you know, maybe the, I wouldn't say the instrumentation was weak. But it's not the style I like. It's not the style I like to hear from a good classic rock band. It, it's not a rock song, that's well, for sure. Well, the second, the middle <laughs> oh, part. Oh, the middle was. part is, yeah. And the, it, it's a heavy blues rock, yeah. And and that didn't fit. That sounded to mm-hmm. me like something from 10 years after Grand Funk yeah. Railroad or something. And it, there's just a tiny little section of it. And you're like, okay, this song's picking up. And then it kicks back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? what the hell are they doing with this song? The randomness of all of this jumping around made me like it i i it was a wild ride because it's all over the place but i was enjoying the ride and it's been a while since i've listened to a lot of the other guess who studio albums because mm. i i own all of them right yeah i was able to get a good deal on them it was one of those box sets masters or whatever that was like 50 bucks for all <laughs> 11 of them or something so it was a pretty yeah. good deal if i remember right this is kind of how all their albums are they jump mm-hmm. around to a lot of different sounding stuff yeah i never really could get into them i like their hits mm-hmm. always and there was always one or two diamonds in the rough on each yeah. album that were kind of bluesy or kind of hard rock sounding that i liked but then there was mm-hmm. a lot of this kind of stuff and yeah this this song yeah, it doesn't make my list. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we, we've heard other bands. Um, Beatles is a great example where you get a wide variety of sounds in the album, and you know different what rhythms to different songs, different beats, different styles, um, and other other bands as well that we've listened to. This one just doesn't. It seems like they're trying to go that that way. But they're a little too far out there. They're trying too hard to do it. It just seems like musically it's not there. You know, no. I, I mean, if if every song didn't sound like it belonged on the album, that's fine. If it's a yeah. good, strong song. But mm-hmm. I don't think like this is a good, strong song. No. And, you know, I'm going to be biased to other bands and stuff like that. And I really do like the Guess Who. I do. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I got to call it how it makes me feel because that's, that's what it is, right? Yeah. So now we we go on to the last song of the album, um, Mm -hmm. which is the longest song on the album. It runs about nine minutes long. Yeah, about Uh, half the album. Yeah, it's it's a long (laughs) song because this is a pretty short album, really. Yeah. Uh, Written by Burton Cummings and Kurt Winter, uh, sang by Burton Cummings. This song is called Three More Days. Now, it has a really good slow intro. It keeps a really good flow and steady beat throughout this. Um, It's... 
I actually quite like this song. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the singing is strong, like always, from Burton. The lyrics, um, there's a lot of repeating of the lyrics. And, and I, and maybe that's the way it's supposed to be, but it, it's got really good guitar solo in the middle with good wah guitar on it. Mm-hmm. It just sounds excellent. It's got weird sounding guitars sounds in the middle too which i really liked i like this song and i like the flow throughout this is another song that kind of reminded me of something like from grand funk railroad or maybe Mm -hmm. 10 years after it's bluesy with a little disco in it i don't catch the disco you don't catch the disco i I felt like there was a little bit of disco to it especially when all of a sudden they throw a jazz flute in there well, I was yeah, like, what? <laughs> and that's that's getting to the end of the song. Yeah, yeah the jazz that's flute, the end, and, yeah. and that was the one thing I when we got to that place, I was going to tell you. I thought the jazz flute, as much as I don't mind flute, you mm-hmm. know, because I love Jethro Tull, mm-hmm. that was way out of place on this song. This was this whole song was nine minutes long of trying to figure itself out. I, uh, you know, th- this song it, it lost me. I I didn't get it. Um, the the lyrics, you're right, very repetitive, and um, then we've got some other weird stuff in there. But I, I I am impressed that they made an entire chorus repeating one three letter word. Why? Yep, over and over and over again. Yeah, they did it multiple times. I I just kind of took this as more of a slow jam. Um, I actually quite like this song. I think the lyrics work kind of weak, but, you know, I've listened to this song multiple times before, never sat down to really review it as we are, but I've always liked this song. This would be in the top half of the album for me. Probably my third favorite song on this album. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. I, I think the only thing I would take out of it is the flute. I'm curious about, um, there was another thing in the middle. Is it the wah-wah guitar where it sounded like Burton Cummings might have just, uh, you know, had an upset tummy and he, or some indigestion, and he took the microphone and stuck it on his belly. And then we get to hear that for a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of a, yeah, kind of a funny roar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is that the wah guitar? Yeah, it was a guitar effect, yeah. All right. But... That's kind of the weird guitar in the middle. Well, they had the wah guitar after that, but that's oh. like some weird synthesized guitar yeah. there. I don't, I don't know exactly what they'd done with it, but mm-hmm. I thought the sounds were kind of cool. And I was curious because I mean, this is kind of that same like the Ozzy Osbourne "I Am Iron Man" sort of thing, right? Where it's uh, where he's bending the guitar with his voice. Yeah, I think I think he's. I was, I was run- wondering if that's what they were doing. Well. Yeah, I know when Ozzy does that, he run it through a Leslie speaker and put some mm-hmm. effects on it. And that could be what they've done. You know, that's the funny thing is nowadays you can take any instrument and run it through mm-hmm. any kind of software and do anything you want with it. Yeah. You know, back in those days, you had to get inventive about making weird, mm-hmm. strange sounds, right? I mean, you had yeah. pedals. You had the wah pedal or the fuzz pedal or distortion or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that you could run. But you'd have to get kind of inventive with stuff, you know? Yeah. and. So, you know, that's one thing that I love about listening to music, no matter the band, when they can get kind of cool sounds that, you know, weren't just simply sent out of a, you know, some kind of synthesizer that has all these uh, presets to make it sound weird, you know. (laughs) They had to get, you know, inventive with things to make them sound decent. And so it's kind of interesting, you know. But I I really enjoyed this song, to be honest with you. You know, I haven't listened to it a lot. But I I do enjoy this song. I can see why you don't listen to it a lot because nine minutes. This was <laughs> this was a long song. Yeah, but I tend to like longer jam than anything, and I mean that's why I like bands like you know, especially live bands. You know, when I listen to the Who or Grand Funk or those kind of guys that that have you know, even when they play their say singles live, they. They stretch them way out, put long interludes in them, and just have a steady beat going. And I quite enjoy it. There was a part at the end, or towards the end, it wasn't at the end, but um, where the it goes to just the uh, drummer and the bassist are playing. And I, I thought, well, did the bassist and the drummer not know that the song ended? It, the song didn't end. It continued to go from there. Well, it was just part of the song, right? Yeah, it really was. Kind of and so, yeah, I thought, well, this is 
And as much as I didn't like the flute, Mm -hmm. at least they didn't play it throughout. That's true. (laughs) Because I thought musically, I think musically this song's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, I I think they really, uh, it it felt like they were trying too hard. Well, when you get eight minutes into a song Mm -hmm. and then you just introduce... And then the all flute. of a sudden, there's the jazz flute. Yeah, that doesn't seem to fit the song real well. Real mm-hmm. well, anyways. That you know, to me, that it was just kind of weird. It doesn't ruin the song mm-hmm. or anything. It just kind of, you know, the first thing I think every time I hear that song is that's out of place. You know, it just mm-hmm. doesn't seem right. But <laughs> but then again, you you give it to these guys. They're trying, right? They're trying different things. I mean, who the flute's a hell of a lot more mainstream than a glockenspiel. That's very true. I mean, let's be honest, right? Boy, I sure love the sound of that glockenspiel. Yeah, it's kind of neat. So, let's go to winners and losers on this. All what right. would you say are your... My least and most favorite? Why don't you tell me your two least favorite songs? Oh, now you want two of them. Okay, um, my least favorite was Three More Days, uh, the, the last song on the album. I I just didn't get it, that the song lost me. It was I was on board for most of the songs on this album, and that one, I it threw me off into the water. I just couldn't get on board. Yeah, that's interesting. That could be my fault. I uh, oh, accept I'm sure responsibility. It is. I'm sure it is. And I, I would probably say the uh, coming down off the money bag would be my second least favorite. That one just, once again, didn't fit on a rock and roll album. The The blues second part did, but it was kind of uh, sandwiched in between some very jug band, uh, old-timey, bluegrass-ish harmonica music. It, it, it just wasn't rock and roll. So why don't you tell me your three favorite songs on this album? I'm going to go with a lot of the favorite ones, like uh, Share the Land would be number three and then the uh hand me down world will be numbered two the one that i really enjoyed and had a lot of fun with on this that i hadn't heard before was the number one song on there the bus rider it uh for as being as weird of a song as it was i like weird (laughs) no i know you do i mean you remember doing uh what was it? Uh, Grand Funk with Mr. Yeah. Limousine Driver. Yeah. You know, and that's what it was. It was Mr. Li- it was a Mr. Limousine Driver song. It was random. It, it it was just a day in the life of the balding guy who wears a toupee and goes and rides the bus to work. Well, we're we're kind of far apart on some of these and kind oh, yeah. of similar on others. Uh my my worst song is a tie mm-hmm. for worst is Moan for for you, Joe, and coming down off the money bag, yeah. Song of the Dog, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Those those two just aren't good to me. No. And Do You Miss Me, Darling? Uh, those three songs are very weak. I didn't mm-hmm. like really much anything about them other than the vocals. Yeah. And I didn't like the vocals on Coming Down Off the Money Bag. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the vocals yeah. on that at all. Uh, my three favorite songs, in order, I would have to say number three would be Three More Days, the one that was mm-hmm. your least favorite song. Share the Land was probably number two, and Hand Me Down World is number one. Mm-hmm. And I could probably swap Hand Me Down World and Share the Land. Those songs kind of have special meaning to me. And mm-hmm. you won't, when we rate albums, you won't hear me very rarely rate the radio play songs is yeah. my favorite songs, but you know, I don't hear them a ton. They just have a special place for yeah. me. And I, and they're, they're excellent songs with excellent musicianship. I think to me, those three songs and especially share the land and hand me down world have the best. They're the best lyrically. They're the mm-hmm. best musically. And they're just put together the best. And I think there's a reason those songs are still played on the radio today. You know, I, here, here's what I think. If if three more days appeared earlier in the album instead of at the very end, I probably would have rated it higher. Now you know you don't just because we're in my house, you don't need to try and no, please me. No, what what I'm saying about that is I think that this whole album was such a roller coaster ride that by the time we got to the end, I was kind of exhausted from it. And that's kind of strange being the fact that it's such it's a such short, a short album. album, right? Yeah. But like I was just kind of I had whiplash by the end and so when you get a whole song that's 9 minutes long that goes through so much more whiplash 
right throughout the whole song. It was just, I, I was tired. I, I couldn't go with it. But if it had been earlier, I'd been, uh, I, I'd have felt better about it, I think. I get that. And you know, when you say whiplash and you like compare it to the Beatles, and obviously I'm mm-hmm. a Beatles fan, right? Mm-hmm. And you have like a perfect example is the White Album where every song is so different. Yeah. But but to me, they're musically sound. I mean, there's weak songs on the album, obviously. Yeah, but the Beatles at least sound like the Beatles, right? Well, to me, this album, Share the Land, the weak songs just seem thrown together and just don't seem strong. Yeah. You know, to me, you know, I don't, I'm not big into country music and stuff like that. But if you hear a song that's put together well and it's strong, you can, you can still say you dislike it, but it's a strong song. The songs mm-hmm. I don't like on this just seem like very weak songs. So what do you rate the album out of 10 total? I wasn't a big fan of this one, to no. tell you the, the truth. I, I'm going to give it a five. And that five is probably carried by the radio play songs. So I'm not too far off. You know, I'm I'm a heavy album listener. I, I try to get my kids to listen to albums mm-hmm. instead of just listen to playlists yeah. and mix songs. You know, I've, I've always been an mm-hmm. album listener. But this one is not one that I'm going to throw on my playlist very often. I, I'd probably yeah. rate it a six mm-hmm. out of 10. Five of those points are given to the top three songs. <laughs> yeah, in my for real, opinion. right? So as far as an album, yeah, six out of 10 is the highest I can rate it as an album. But it's but the songs that I like are very strong songs. They're mm-hmm. nine out of 10 songs, yeah. right? And so it, it's just kind of that funny juxtaposition of the two. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of where I lay. So I'm going to go get a headband. I think you should. Yeah. Become a hippie. I'm going to be a hippie. I'm going to get some round sunglasses and I'm going to wear some beads and say far out a lot. Well, you better get ready because we've got two or three emails in on uh, some albums people want us to review so that's what we're going to get to this next week looking forward to it so until then that's our review on guess who share the land Mm -hmm. reach out to us if you want us to review an album classic vinyl podcast at gmail.com we're also on instagram at classic vinyl podcast we're on twitter at classic Mm -hmm. vinyl pod and we appreciate you guys listening any suggestions you guys can give us what you want to hear us review what you'd like to hear us talk about we'd appreciate it and we appreciate all the support yep thank you till next time see you later thank you so much for listening to classic vinyl podcast and don't forget to subscribe on spotify or apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts follow us on instagram at classic vinyl podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends. Mm-hmm.